Encyclopedias used to come as expensive books in many volumes until the 1990s when they moved to CD-ROMs, which were smaller, cheaper, and included more pictures and video. But putting an encyclopedia online was better still, because it could be constantly updated. That was the vision of a former Chicago day trader, Jimmy Wales, when in 1999 he created Newpedia. But Newpedia's software and its editorial processes were so complex that he started again with Wikipedia. This time, anyone could contribute articles and edit them. Jimmy rejected the idea of supporting the business with ads, and Wikipedia.com became the not-for-profit Wikipedia.org. Today, it's far bigger than any traditional encyclopedia has ever been, with more than 52 million articles in more than 300 languages, attracting 1.5 billion unique visitors a month. They are also its editors, and pay for it through voluntary donations. Jimmy Wales spoke at CoinGeek's London conference, and I had a chance to catch up with him afterwards. You're listening to CoinGeek Conversations with Charles Miller. Jimmy, thank you very much for doing this very podcast. Yes. Um, I want to ask you about the Wikipedia community and whether you see parallels between that and people who also feel very passionately about Bitcoin SV and cryptocurrencies in general. Is, mm. is there some sort of, in both cases, the rest of the world was skeptical initially mm. and then it well, went through? I mean, I, I think that there, uh, yeah, there's definitely parallels and there's differences as well. So one of the, the huge parallels uh, has to do with the idea of decentralization generally. And, you know, one of the big learnings of the Wikipedia and the Wikimedia movement more broadly, is that talent is more widely distributed in society than traditional models accounted for. And, and so what I mean by that is, if you were writing a traditional encyclopedia, right, you would think, okay, well, we're, now we're gonna write uh, some pieces about Elizabethan poetry, so we need to go out and find some professors who are experts there, and they're gonna write these pieces. Uh, and then, that's it, right? And you would just think, well, no one else knows anything about that. But that's not true, actually. There are hobbyists who are very passionate about various topics. I always give the example for people to imagine of the bearded math professor uh, who loves Elizabethan poetry and had two great intellectual loves, uh, mathematics and, and Elizabethan poetry, and decided for career reasons to go into one rather than the other, but still has this great passion, incredible talent. I mean, there are polymaths. There are people who are talented across a wide range of intellectual disciplines, and academia really pushes people to specialize in a very narrow way. Okay, so what does that have to do with blockchain and Bitcoin and all of that? Not much, except that that idea that um, you know new models can arise that are really decentralized, and to sort of, you know, you imagine, uh, okay, well, you're gonna have some sort of a, an accounting ledger, so therefore you're gonna have to have that on a one big server somewhere with a big bank looking after it and so on, but say actually we can do that in a completely new way, in a decentralized way, in public, uh, that's pretty cool, that's pretty fascinating. And I think a lot of those kinds of vibes around decentralization are something that are held in common. And I, I read on Wikipedia that you yourself were skeptical initially mm. as to whether the contributions that would be sent in were going to be any good. 
Yeah, of course, of course, yeah. I mean, in the early days of Wikipedia, the, you know, I would uh, wake up in the middle of the night and go and check the website because I was afraid as soon as I went to sleep, somebody's going to trash everything, which we probably were vulnerable to for a short period of time. Also, no one knew anything about us, right? So but It proves um, that people are better than you might think, in a way, oh, doesn't it? For sure. I mean, I think one of the fantastic lessons of Wikipedia is that most people are basically nice. Um, and I would say this, this idea that, you know, that people are generous with their time, they're curious, they're interested, uh, they want to help out, and that the number of people who are, you know, I always say this, you know, a thousand people and 990 of them are going to be perfectly nice, lovely people. Nine of them are going to be annoying, <laughs> but not actually malicious, just like irritating and like a pain in the neck. And there's only like one in a thousand who are actively trying to undermine, actively malicious. I've made those numbers up, of course, but the right. point is, yeah, yeah. as a feel, that feels about right to me. That, and, and that gives you a real eye-opening look at something like, I mean, it's completely crazy. The idea of Wikipedia, if you really state it, 99 plus percent of the pages are completely open. You can edit without even logging in and hit save and it's live immediately. That's completely insane and yet it works. And it works largely because people are basically decent, most of them. And obviously you can't be naive about that that one in a thousand or even the nine who you've got to figure out socially how do you deal with the consequences of their sort of quirks and annoying behaviors. But, uh, but you can solve those problems. Uh, I think eBay discovered the same thing. Very similar. Will a, Very similar will a person story, yeah. be trusted to, yeah. to send what they say? But coming back to the Bitcoin situation, mm -hmm. I think perhaps the equivalent here is can we get to a situation where people are used to paying a very small amount mm. for something that they have normally mm. had for free in return for not having advertising and not having mm -hmm. data collection? So here's, he, here's an area where I have some skepticism about consumer behavior. What we're seeing, by and large, is, in my view, not driven by problems with not having the av availability of being able to do micropayments, because oftentimes that would be quite easy to implement. Uh, but the consumers don't want it. They don't like it. They, it feels funny to them. One of the great things about, say, Netflix is you pay your monthly fee, which is quite nominal, really. I mean, I think most people would agree that's one reason it's so big. It's a good deal. It's like pretty cheap, uh, certainly cheap compared to iTunes, buying a movie on iTunes. One movie costs the same as a month of Netflix. So, And there's something nice about that it's already paid for, and I just watch as much as I want. I don't think about, is this worth a dollar, right? Is this worth 50 cents, right? I just think I'm just going to watch it, and it's, it's nominal. Same thing with, um, say, Amazon Prime is a good example. And actually, a lot of Amazon services can be, could be implemented on really a micropayment level uh, because they've already got our credit cards. They can sum it all up and bill us at the end of the month for our usage on Kindle or something like this. And in fact, they do that, but they only do that um, on Amazon Web Services where you can get a server for three cents an hour or whatever it is. And they just bill you at the end of the month the amount. And so uh, given that Amazon could do this if they wanted to, given that Netflix could do it if they wanted to, given that lots of experiments have been tried, what it seems to me is that by and large consumers are skeptical of that model. But isn't it doesn't the feel right to them. Isn't the difference that this would be much smaller payments 
than you're talking about in those situations. They'd be, be. you know, be. so small yeah. that you might not notice yeah. it, and yet you get a pat on the back mm. when somebody pays you. Yeah. Like, you know, you might like to have a like or something mm -hmm. on, on mm -hmm. social media at the moment. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it might be that it's the same leap of faith that you had to take with Wikipedia, yeah. and that it, it doesn't look I mean, plausible at I the moment, but. I think we'll see. I think we'll see. I, I don't. I don't. I'm not sure uh, myself. But uh, and I also, you know, one of the things that I think deeply about and a lot about is incentives, the structure of incentives and what it drives people to do. And I've been thinking a lot about this in things like likes and uh, you know, like we're well aware there's more and more news reporting around some of the problems around vanity culture and, and liking and, and so forth for young people and so on. And, uh, you know, I'm not sure adding payment mechanisms helps with that. Maybe you it you does, mean it would be it a bad thing if that culture got stronger? It, it might be. It might be. Or it might change it, uh, you know, in some interesting ways. I don't know. But, you know, like if it, if it cost me a tiny amount of money to like something, maybe I wouldn't like so many things. Um, but is that a good thing or a bad thing? It's not clear to me, right? Uh, it just depends. I mean, I, my daughter posts something on Facebook about something great that happened to her at school, and I send a like. It would be weird if I had to pay <laughs> to like something my daughter's posted, right? That would feel weird to me. Yes, because she would, she would receive the money. Yeah, well, that's fine, but it's still weird, right? The whole thing <laughs> is kind of weird. Like, congrats, right. daughter, here's one-tenth of a cent, you know? I should maybe give her 20 bucks or <laughs> I guess it would be sort of yeah. play money in a way because it in would way, be so yeah, small yeah. yeah I mean it's interesting I don't know I mean I I guess my point is we should recognize that apart from it being a globally instituted thing across multiple platforms there are many platforms who could do this quite easily already uh, certainly as an opt-in I mean Facebook could say sign up here and we're gonna give the money from your likes and it's a penny a like to the person you like the thing of. And just like, well, a, 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 an example of this uh, is Amazon has their affiliates program where you can post links to books and if the book sells, you get whatever, a commission and it's small. And they have rules like, well, only when it gets up to $20 or 50, I don't know what the rules are, I haven't looked into it in years, but then we cut a check at that time. Uh, so they could do it. And in some cases they do, in that case they do. Uh, in other cases, I don't think the barrier to people doing it is the lack of cryptocurrency. The barrier is just nobody really wants to do that anyway. I'm not sure. Just stepping back from the sort of the micro level and the micro transactions mm -hmm. and things, what about the idealistic side of this kind of a community which does want, does have a vision of in a way making the world a better place because mm. of a level playing field between different mm. uh, jurisdictions and so on. D does that appeal to you? Yeah, I mean, certainly. I mean, one of the things that's, that is interesting about um, the open source software world, which is really where the Wikimedia movement comes from, that universe and that, that set of thinking, is this idea that we, you know, we can organize society in new ways using technology. And, you know, in the case of open source software, there was this view, uh, I mean, I remember when I first saw open source software, I thought, well, this is cute and fun, but it's not gonna amount to much. You know, I got that one wrong. Um, because at that time, the view of the, the business model of software was, you write some software and you put it on a CD and you put it in a box and you put it in a store and you sell it that way. This is kind of the pre-internet distribution model. 
and that made sense in that world. And it was very hard to envision how this other model uh, could work or would work. Um, and I think that now the, the, the energy around blockchain and a lot of the people, they are quite optimistic people and they are looking for new innovative solutions. And I mean, this is the important thing. I'm, I'm known as a critic, but one of the things that's really important here is to say, look, I find the technology fascinating. I mean, it's a, the whole idea of blockchain is just, I mean, it was when I first saw it and first understood, I was like, wow, this is the first like really different idea I've seen in a long time. It's super interesting. And I've been a fan of PGP and public key encryption and all that. And this brought some things together in a new way. And I was like, that's actually genius. Um, but also we're in a bubble. And one of the things that I can say, and I have that gray beard to prove it, uh, I was an internet entrepreneur from just before the dot-com boom and lived through the dot-com boom and the dot-com crash. And we are currently in a bubble around the blockchain world, which means there's hundreds and thousands of really bad ideas being put forward, right? That doesn't mean the whole area is nonsense, right? But it does mean, um, you know, investors should be very cautious. Uh, entrepreneurs should be very cautious, right? Don't get so caught up in the hype uh, that you forget that actually this has to be a practical business at the end of the day. And so if what you're doing, if you can't see your way forward to that, you're probably going to fail. That's all right. Lots of things fail. That's nature of entrepreneurship. Um, so, yeah. Well, Jimmy, thank you so much. <laughs> Whether you're a critic or not, <laughs> I think most people here are a big fan of Wikipedia, and, and thank you for that. Great. Thank you. And thank you for your thoughts today. Brilliant. Thanks for having me. Many thanks to Jimmy Wales, and what an incredible achievement Wikipedia is. Next week, we'll be getting back to Bitcoin technology with Angela Hollowacher the CEO of TAL, the Vancouver-based blockchain service provider. Thanks for listening and goodbye for now.